All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. 11 days, you are the ultimate jury. The debate season is now over, and voting has begun in many, many states. We have a full uh, uh, interactive map if you want election information about registering or about early voting, when it starts, when it stops, how to do absentee voting, uh, polling locations, who's going to be running in your congressional district, do you have a Senate race going on? It's all up on uh, Hannity.com. Uh, character is on the ballot. Just remember that because this whole issue that the mob and the media and big tech have been trying to prevent you from even reading about the same people that pushed the Russia, 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 phony uh, hoax and the Ukrainian hoax. They are giving the biggest in kind, incalculable amounts of money donations to all things Democratic, Socialist and the Biden campaign. But it's still getting out. We'll get to all of this. Uh, it was pretty amazing. The, the entire night last night, just I, I just watched in fascination as Joe Biden just lies. The, the number of law and, and Trump getting him to admit He's getting rid of fossil fuels and oil and gas. And yeah, but go ahead, put it on your website. I never said I'm going to eliminate fracking. We've got the tape. We'll get to that in, in a second here. Um, you know, and right out of the box, I did not say that the China travel ban was uh, hysterical, xenophobic and fear mongering. Well, his actual Twitter account has it. The travel ban is hysterical xenophobic and fear-mongering just lied about it and he did this almost through the end of march uh he was still saying the exact same thing and as the president pointed out uh and i thought this was fascinating you know his his one advisor on h1n1 or n1h1 as joe calls it said we did every possible thing wrong and 60 million people contracted h1n1 then they did everything wrong and they waited, you know, forever to even, you know, call it what it was, a massive pandemic. Now, it was not as lethal as the president pointed out uh, again. Uh, I am. Not, I did not think the moderator is as great as everybody else seems to have thought uh, in the mob and the media. I guess. I mean, she kept interrupting Trump. This is what I hate about this format. It's all right. Give them the two minutes. You can turn the mic off, mute it if you want, but then let them have at it. Let them have a real debate. Let presidential candidates have a real debate. Uh, but they never want to do that. And which I think is, you know, unfortunate. Uh, probably, uh, not probably, the biggest blunder that was made by Joe Biden, besides a lot of his lying, and I never, I never got a, a cent. Nobody's ever said I've done anything wrong. Oh, okay, Joe, you missed the press conference earlier in the day. Uh is on the issue, his promise, his pledge, his solemn vow that he will destroy the oil industry. And he lied about eliminating fracking. And he said, we'll get rid of fossil fuels. Now, even his biggest supporters today are scared to death. They've been in damage control mode from the second that debate ended last night, when he said he supports destroying America's oil industry, which, by the way, is what the Green New Deal is all about, which he's embraced, which is on his website, just like the Bolshevik Bernie economic plan, which he plagiarized. 
Uh, but he stepped into the biggest political landmine. The first thing and the most obvious thing, we've got to understand something here. Oil, gas, coal, it is the lifeblood of the world's economy. Donald Trump has been able to accomplish something that has not been accomplished in 75 years. We are now energy independent. We are now the largest producer of energy in the entire world. Now, jobs in the energy sector are high-paying career jobs that it's estimated to be as high as 19 million Americans are connected to. That is how vital it is to this country and the economy. And the idea that we would now, what, we're going to rely on the Middle East again? Well, think about this. They get to control the the price of energy. That means we don't have free, open, competitive markets because we take ourselves out. We we are now are artificially reducing the supply, supply and demand, crisscrossing, dictating the price, simple economics 101. OK, so we'll do then we'll be reliant on other countries, many of whom hate our guts for the lifeblood of our economy. And they'll be able to run American companies out of business. And all those American jobs are going to be lost. You know, would he close down the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? I, I would transition from the oil industry, Biden responded. And Trump didn't, didn't miss a beat. That, that's a big statement. And Biden saying it is a big statement because the oil industry pollutes significantly. This is the you've got to understand, Americans, we have got to understand something here. Now, I'm all for clean air, clean water, be good stewards of the gifts that God gives us. But we've been reducing carbon emissions through our own technological advancements. And getting out of the Paris Accords was one of the smartest and and cost-saving measures the president ever made. And we still have the lowest levels in terms of carbon emissions uh, in the industrialized world with the greatest reductions just in the last two years alone. You know, and then the president just stepped right in and said, yeah, I hope you're paying attention. Pennsylvania, did you hear him? Now, that was another point in this debate. You know, when he says, I never said I'd end fracking. Here's what he said last night. And what about fracking? All right. Now, let me, now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to respond. I never said I oppose fracking. Y- you said it I, on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. The fact of the matter is Shows he's list. flat lying. Would you flat. rule out banning fracking? I do rule out banning fracking because the answer we need, we need other industries to transition to get to ultimately a complete zero emissions by 2025. Here's Joe saying he will eliminate fracking. Listen. I am not, not, not banning fracking, period. But kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? No more, no new fracking. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. Will you commit to implementing a federal ban on fracking your first day in office? adding the United States to the list of countries who have banned this devastating practice. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. So she's banning fracking outright. He will eliminate fracking. 
He said it over and over and over and over and over again. Now, you do have politicians. Remember, Joe Biden is not exactly all there. Does anyone know where Joe Biden is today? I guess he's in Delaware. Uh, now he's uh, now he's trying to undo the damage that he did last night. They've been in complete damage control mode from last night's debate. But this is now one of the most fundamental differences because I've been telling everybody this is the biggest choice election we'll ever have in our lifetime. Every single thing that you want, like, believe in, it will be turned on its head based on their stated agenda. Their stated agenda is uh, higher taxes. Uh, what, 66%? We're going to pay 66 cents out of every dollar we make to the federal government? We're going to, he said last night, open borders, 11 million people that didn't respect our laws, our sovereignty, our borders are going to get amnesty. By the way, for Americans that are now just getting back in the workplace, they'll be competing for jobs and those wages will be driven way down uh, because you have more people competing for the same jobs. Uh, Then he's out there. I'm going to ban fracking. I'm going to ban fossil fuels. Okay, that'll destroy and blow up the entire oil industry and with it manufacturing in America. And then we'll be, you know, what foreign conflict will we have to engage in to keep the free flow of oil uh, at market prices up because we were foolish enough not to remain energy independent? I mean, so the people I don't care if you're in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, anywhere in between. This will be impacting the economies in your states in ways that I can't even begin to fathom. You're talking about high-paying career jobs in the lifeblood of our economy. And by the way, natural gas is clean burning. It's, it's not the big polluter that, that the Democrats would have you believe. But he's beholden to the AOCs of the world. He's already committed trillions of dollars to the new Green Deal. I think the president... You know, the fact that he just lies about, did he forget? I mean, he's been practicing in his basement bunker for six days for the debate. Doesn't do any campaigning whatsoever. You know, now he's out there. Healthcare is a human right. That's his big speech today. The president, he's in Florida. I think he's at the villages today. He's going to be giving a speech there in a little bit. Uh, So it's an outright lie. And on top of it, now you have this growing scandal, which is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, by the day, and I, I think now America has the biggest choice election. Do you want court packing? Do you want uh, judicial activism? Do you want to basically usurp the power of the legislative and executive branches of government by packing the courts? Things that Democrats could never get done at the ballot box or legislatively, they'll, they'll count on these leftist activist justices to do for them. Lifetime positions. Then, of course, D.C., Puerto Rico statehood, that's four Democratic senators in their minds. That would be a Senate majority in in perpetuity. Then we'll end the legislative filibuster. Uh, Then we're going to have open borders and amnesty and take down the wall that Donald Trump has been building. We'll become the United Sanctuary States of America. What does that do for Americans competing for jobs? It, It puts them at a decided disadvantage. Then we're going to raise taxes. That's a guarantee. Then we're going to put all those burdensome regulations that destroyed manufacturing back in place. Then he said he's going to replace Obamacare with Biden care. Well, the promise was keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money. That didn't work out well either. You know, you look at every single policy proposal 
But on top of it all, you've got a candidate now that is so compromised based on all of this information that is now readily available, except that the mob and the media and big tech companies are trying to prevent you, the American people, from making up your own minds because they they refuse to even put it up. You know, NPR gets our tax dollars and they decide, well, we don't think Biden corruption is a worthy enough news story to cover. Really? You're going to decide for us and we're paying your salary? No, thank you. We should have we should have defunded them forever ago. Uh, the president, uh, I'm going to go through this this development that we've been following here uh, with this guy, Tony Bobolinsky, who, who did a phenomenal job in a pre-debate press conference that he had. But of course, you know, none of the networks, uh, fake news, CNN, conspiracy TV, MSDNC, as long as it's not about Trump or Trump Russia conspiracy or a phony Ukrainian conspiracy, then I guess it's uh, not worthy uh, news-wise because we don't want to do anything that's going to upset the apple cart and and, and hurt Joe Biden in his, re- in his election campaign. What maybe some people don't fully comprehend or understand, you get rid of oil, you get rid of gas, you get rid of fossil fuels, now you're dependent. And the, we, if we had this great new technology... That was readily available, cheaper, cleaner energy. We, we'd be using it. It doesn't exist. You know, I, I, I've talked in the past that I love to go to this earlier when I had time in my life, which I don't have any of now. Uh, it's called the Invention Convention. I don't even know if it still exists. And they have this cool stuff. They had this guy one year that said that actually he thinks that there is unlimited sources of energy in within gravity if that makes any sense i'm not scientific in in the sense that i can explain it the way he would but in layman's terms uh it's just that if we could somehow and he believed there would be a way that we could tap into the gravitational pull and the energy of that that it would become unlimited sources of energy which would transform the world but we don't have that available when he talks about ending the oil industry he is dismissing millions of people and the jobs that they count on he is dismissing the lifeblood of our economy when he's talking about eliminating fracking and fossil fuels he is literally talking about destroying due to this this religious fervor that democrats have on this new green deal madness that everything's going to be free Free education from pre-K through college, student loan forgiveness, guaranteed government job and gov- guaranteed government wage, vacation, healthy food, health care, uh, retirement. None of none of this is something they can fulfill. If you get off of we decide to unilaterally eliminate, not only destroy the lives of millions of Americans and their, their the lifeblood of their family. We will destroy manufacturing in the process and we will still be dependent on fossil fuels, which means we will now be importing them, which means that greatly impacts decisions that we will be making regarding national security. And that means that, oh, we might have to get involved foreign entanglements in the Middle East. Remember when the most recent incident tankers being taken in the Straits of Hormuz near Iran We had all the time in the world because we're not getting our oil from Iran or through the Straits of Hormuz anymore. Uh, That alone keeps this country safer and more secure. 
All right, glad you're with us. 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Man, so much going on. So much happening. Pretty crazy times we're living in. Look, the debates now are over. President did, I think, by exposing Biden. By the way, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages, Joe? Uh, Which was the big lie of the media. They built Um, cages. You know, they used to say, I built the cages. And then they had a picture in a certain newspaper. And it was a picture of these horrible cages. And they said, look at these cages. President Trump built them. And then it was determined they were built in 2014. That was him. They did it. We We did not. They built the cages. Who who built the cages, Joe? Let's talk about who built the cages, Joe. Who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages, Joe? That would be, yes, that was them. Um, Look, it's 11 days till Election Day. You have to assume, and I I stand by my analogy, I am not somebody that is Pollyannish. I do not not believe, and I'm stuck by this, you know, the 2000 exit polls were pretty wrong. The 2004 exit polls were dead wrong because they said that uh, John Kerry was going to be the next president. We know how wrong the pollsters got it in 2016. We know the exit polls in in 2016 had Hillary Clinton uh, as the newly elected president. That didn't quite work out the way they thought. Um, We have other factors, pandemic, unrest, all these, all these. I, I don't know how you factor a lot of these questions in, except that law, order, safety, security, is on the ballot, and yeah, we are on the verge, probably within weeks, of hearing that we have a vaccine, final phase human trials that is ready to go, that will be mobilized. And by the way, I'm, I'm not one that thinks that everybody should get the vaccine, and I think it should be a choice of the American people. You can read the science, you can read the, uh, the trials, and then decide for yourself uh, if they deem it safe and nobody's died and... And it creates antibodies and minimal side effects. I, I would probably be inclined to take it, but my half my friends think I'm nuts that I get a flu shot every year. So that's a personal decision. Um, here's where we are now if we look at Trafalgar and the, the states that will matter the most. A, they're the same states as they always are. In Florida, Trump has a two-and-a-half-point lead. Still close. Your vote, we know what Florida can be like with dimpled, pimpled, dented, uh, indented, you know, hanging, swinging, perforated chads, et cetera, et cetera. 500 and what, 37 votes, 527 votes, whatever the number was. Uh, but Trump is leading according to Trafalgar. In Michigan, Donald Trump is up by a point. In Wisconsin, Donald Trump is down by one point. I think the most fascinating state that is on the uh, Trafalgar page is Biden and Trump are at 46-46 in Minnesota. Uh, in spite of, of polls by the mob, the media, uh, we have Trump up by six in Texas, Trump up by six in Georgia, and Pennsylvania, two-point lead for Joe Biden. Pennsylvania's critical. I've got to believe last night's comments and Joe Biden, now everybody sees that Joe Biden lied through his teeth last night. And then his comment about getting us off of fossil fuels. They've been trying to, you know, do damage control on this all day. 
Arizona, Trafalgar has, uh, I think it's probably even a little closer, four points for Trump. Uh, Arizona's had me a little bit nervous. Ohio, four points for Trump. North Carolina, a point and a half for Trump. Uh, and, and you know, it's, it's basically, right now, you just got to assume that you're down by six. I use my football analogy that everybody understands except for Linda. That you're down by six. It's the fourth quarter. You're on your own 20. You have no timeouts, two-minute drill. You got to march down the field 80 yards, cross the plane. That means get a touchdown and kick the extra point to win. If you if everybody has that urgency, especially if you live in Florida, especially if you're in Georgia, especially if you're in North Carolina and Ohio and Iowa and Arizona and Nevada. Uh, especially if you're in Pennsylvania, I'm really looking at Pennsylvania. If Pennsylvania heard Joe Biden last night and it gets through to Pennsylvanians. Remember, you also have Kamala Harris out there saying by executive order, she believes she can take away your Second Amendment rights. Amazing. You have three debates, one vice presidential, two presidential, and not one question about our Second Amendment. But they're going to raise everybody's taxes. They will repeal the Trump tax cuts. That's what that means. Joe is going to pack the courts. It's not if he's going to. That's why he refuses to say he won't do it. We know that Schumer says everything's on the table. That will end the legislative filibuster. We know they're going for D.C. and Puerto Rico as statehood. They view that as four Democratic uh, senators. And that would be, you know, a, a Senate majority for the Democrats in perpetuity in their minds they're going Joe said it last night amnesty I think it's more like 15 million people than 11 million people but he's going to do that on day one and eliminate the wall we'll have open borders we know he's weak on foreign policy we know that he's bought into this new green deal socialism which is what it is we know how Obamacare failed spectacularly so there's a lot on the line and this is about the you know, the future of the country and where we're going to go now. So, you know, by the way, Rasmussen has an approval rating now 52 percent. They call that the holy grail of reelection numbers. And by the way, it's not an outlier because you have the same uh, numbers coming out of uh, John Zogby. He has 51 percent of likely voters. Um, and but. All of this is tight. Now, a lot of this is there's, there's no enthusiasm for Joe Biden. There's only Trump hatred. But then you see these rallies of the president with tens and tens and tens of thousands of people, a sea of people. You can't even you know, count how many people are there. You know, he's in the villages today, which is America's friendliest hometown, uh, which, by the way, did you ever go to the we went. Were you there, Linda, when we went to the villages? Sweet baby James, you were there, I remember. We did our I radio show from there. Yeah, you were there, right? I'm always isn't there. That, isn't, wasn't that the coolest place? They got a zillion very, golf very courses. Very, sweet people. They got bars everywhere. They got restaurants everywhere. Movie theaters everywhere. They have every possible activity. And it's it's basically... And they set us up with our own radio studio. We were like yeah, in the corner, in the back, like across the from corner, the restaurant. In the back, but then people were standing in outside as we were doing... We definitely had fish. We had, we had fishbowl effect. <laughs> Just as we were starting the TV show, it starts pouring. So we lost half oh, our yeah. crowd. It was um, crazy. That I rain know, was crazy. It was nuts. Um, here's another uh, something we've got to pay attention to. We'll ask Leo Terrell later. 
But the president's approval rating among likely African-American voters jumped to 46 percent, according to Rasmussen. Forty six percent. And by the way, that's updated data less than 24 hours after the final presidential debate. Um, And according to that survey, the president's approval rating from last night's debate went from 37 to 46 because I thought his answer about, well, the platinum plan and opportunity zones and historically black colleges and, you know, record low unemployment for African-Americans and every demographic group in the country. Uh, you know, the president laying all of this this out last night. I thought he gave a very good answer. And then he kept hammering Joe. Yeah, Joe. OK, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do criminal justice reform? Why didn't you do police reform? You didn't do any of it, Joe. All talk, no action. Forty seven years swamp creature, which is true. Fifty one percent Pennsylvania voters say they are better off than they were four years ago. Gallup has nationally fifty six percent. But again, you got to vote too much early voting. Who knows how much cheating? I don't trust anybody. I'm a trust but verify guy. Um, Anyway, the um, you're I don't think anybody's impressed by anything with Joe Biden. It's just. You know, and I will tell you that there is damage done last night with especially on the energy issue, especially on his answers on the new Green Deal and everything in between. But we have this other issue that is now uh, emerged here. We had just prior. Now we had big tech trying to suppress the stories now and, and Google and Facebook. Now we have fake news, CNN, MSDNC conspiracy theory. They, they spiked the story of Tony Bobolinsky. This is what he said prior to last night's debate. Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. On May 2nd, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe that night, we discussed the Biden's history the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. Everything the president said last night, I thought the president hit exactly the perfect cadence, pitch and tone on this because it's true. We already knew Ukraine. Now, the, the mob gave the media mob gave Joe Biden a pass. You're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire a prosecutor in Ukraine, the one that was investigating zero experience hunter. Any experience in oil? No. Gas? No. Energy? No. Ukraine? No. But now we know it's bigger than that. We got a picture of Joe Biden with this Kazakh oligarch involved in wiring money to Hunter's company, Kazakhstan. You got the Russian oligarch, three and a half million dollars. You got that wire transfer on the record. First Lady of Moscow. Uh, We know what happened with Ukraine and Burisma. We know about the Bank of China uh, and a $1.5 billion deal 10 days after Hunter travels with his, his vice president father to China. Now you've got 
this, you know, this new witness, Tony Bobolinsky, says, I got it all on my phones. This is a phone from this, these years, this year, and this year. And now the FBI has now moved in to interview uh, Tony Bobolinsky. He's going to go before the Senate uh, committees, the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. That's Ron Johnson and, and Charles Grassley. And all of this was chronicled, by the way, in their report on September 23rd that the media mob has been trying to conceal. Now, what does it mean? That means he's compromised. It means that Joe Biden allowed his family to, you know, make money off his position in his name. Now, why would you give somebody with zero experience millions and millions of dollars if you're from Russia or Ukraine or Kazakhstan or China or elsewhere? Is what because you just happen to meet him and like him? No, because you're buying access. You're trying to buy influence. Well, what does that mean if you're the president or vice president? It means that you've been compromised. Kimberly Strassel had a great, great column about this today that lays it out in all its detail. We'll put it up on Hannity.com. And this, you know, we broke the story with our friend Peter Schweitzer about Sinohawk Holdings, a venture between the Bidens and a China energy company, a Shanghai-based conglomerate. And, you know, which says that, you know, it all came from Hunter's laptop. He says he went public to clear his name. And he has all the emails, all the text messages, all the WhatsApp up app messages, whatever WhatsApp app is. Uh, Bob Alinsky's text messages show he recruited for the project by James Gillier, a Hunter associate. Remember, you have uh, this guy, Bevan Cooney, is in jail. Now he's turned over his his email account to Peter Schweitzer, proving that the Bidens are lying through their teeth. Bob Alinsky's messages show that, in fact, Joe did know about all of these business dealings, as does Bevan Cooney's emails. Then you got Devin Archer also now com- uh, convicted, and he's now scheduled to be, uh, you know, given jail time. He's he's just awaiting sentencing. And it's all there. And the mob and the media and Twitter and Facebook and everybody in, in between is now trying to act like this story doesn't exist. Well, imagine if Hunter's last name was Trump. Do you think they get the same treatment from big tech companies? I don't think so. Or the media mob? I don't think they're either. Anyway, we're going to cover it all. We have Ron Johnson on uh, Hannity tonight. And Peter Schweitzer is going to be on tonight. We're just going to blow it right wide open. This was Donald Trump. It would be the biggest scandal ever. The same media mob that pitched lies, conspiracy theories, smears, besmirchments for four years. But they ignore the truth. All right. Glad you're with us as we continue our two Sean Hannity show. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, the moment that Joe Biden lied and said he never called for a fracking ban, my phone blew up. When he said he'd get rid of fossil fuels, my phone blew up. There goes Pennsylvania was the, the general consensus. Uh, let me play Joe uh, lying and saying he never called for a a fracking ban. Then I want to play Joe saying, I, I will transition away from the oil industry. And then we've got Joe 
uh, trying to backtrack. I'm not getting rid of fossil fuels for a long time. That was after the debate. Listen. And what about fracking? All right, now, let me, now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to have respond. I never said I oppose fracking. You, you said it I, on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. The fact of the matter is Jody he's list. flat lying. Would you flat. rule out banning fracking? I do rule out banning fracking because the answer, we need, we need other industries to transition to get to ultimately a complete zero emissions by 2025. Would he close down the oil industry? Would you close down the oil industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I will that's transition. a big statement. That, it is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time. Over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. You won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas, excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and have that's one maybe final the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically what he's saying question, is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Okay. Will you remember that Texas? Will you okay. remember that Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice- we're not going to get rid of fossil fuels. We're going to get rid of the subsidies for fossil fuels, but we're not going to get rid of fossil fuels for a long time. Holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal. Okay. And by the way, when they don't when they deliver, put them in jail. That's what I heard. I'm not joking. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, all right, so how's this going to impact uh, the race? As we just pointed out, Rasmussen now, magic number, 52% approval for Donald Trump. Uh, dramatic increases in the African-American community, Hispanic community, even 538. Nate Silver recognizes that. To Falger, who's been uh, the guy that has been cited the most as being cor- one of the guys that have been correct. There weren't many in 2016. Uh, showing that Trump is uh, up in uh, a lot of these states like Arizona and Florida uh, and Georgia and North Carolina. And he's down two in Pennsylvania. He's up in Ohio. Uh, very, very close. Forty six, forty six. Minnesota uh, has the president up by one in Michigan, uh, a dead heat in Wisconsin. Our pollsters join us uh, now, John McLaughlin and Matt Towery. Uh, Matt, you did two recent polls for Insider Advantage, and you had the president up three in Florida and down three in Pennsylvania. That was down three before that debate. Um, I think that uh, that debate is going to have a substantial impact in Pennsylvania. In fact, I put that in my Trump column right now. I have Trump winning Georgia, Ohio, Florida. I think that Pennsylvania will move into the Trump column, certainly uh, leaning that way. I have Wisconsin leaning Trump, Iowa leaning Trump. I have Biden doing okay in Nevada. Michigan is still up for grabs. And my upset special is going to be Minnesota. I'm keeping my eye on that because I think that's one that Trump could grab that no one's looking at right now. But the, the momentum has shifted. You look at the IBD poll, which it, it's not perfect because it's a national poll, but it's one of the better national polls. And they're saying the race is closing. The independents are shifting now to Trump in the last last week or two. And, and also turnout. Here in Florida, where I live, 
we've had a massive turnout of early voters. Republicans are leading by 145,000 as of today, early voters. Now, admittedly, there are a lot more early mail ballots that were Democrats, but that doesn't mean that that, that will stay that way. And I think that Florida's going to be very tight, but Florida's going to go for Trump as well. What are we to make, John McLaughlin, of, of all of this er- early voting, now nearly 50 million people having already voted? Well, I think that was what what the Democrats are afraid of is that they wouldn't have enough early voting, and and because they wanted people to bank their votes before they saw what they saw last night, President Trump uh, delivered a, a a really uh, tour de force against Joe Biden, where he exposed him on a lot of radical left plans that he's going to be controlled by the radical left, as you saw last night. The the longer the debate went, the worse Biden looked, and he got fatigued. That's when he made the mistake that he's going to wipe out the oil industry, and he's going to, you know, and he, he, he continually lied through the whole thing and wasn't called to account. And most of all, the best thing was, in the media before the debate, Frank Luntz and others were saying the president should not make corruption an issue. He shouldn't do it at all. But you know what? Frank Luntz is on emails in the Hunter Biden hard drive communicating with with uh, Hunter Biden way back when, but he's in that. And the crazy part is when the president led off with corruption, in spite of the blackout from the mainstream media, ABC, NBC, CBS, and, and CNN, etc., they won't carry it. You, the president was courageous enough to make that an issue when Joe Biden raised it, when he talked about characters on the ballot. Yes, characters on the ballot. And guess what? The evidence is now pointing that Joe Biden was influence peddling as vice president, and, and he was basically running a family business where, where he was getting money from Chinese businesses and Ukraine businesses, and the mayor of Russia's wife gave Hunter Biden millions of dollars that they were holding for the vice president. So this is this is something that's going to, over the next 11 days, continue to build momentum and continue to reveal facts that it'll motivate Republican turnout in the final ballot and uh, on through Election Day. And it'll also make those independents who are undecided they can't vote for Joe Biden because he doesn't have the character. And he didn't tell the truth because he lied last night in the debate. You know, it's going to be fascinating. It's one other thing that we will learn um, before this election, I believe next week, late now, next week. And that is what the GDP growth is for the third quarter. There are estimates it could be a record shattering 30 or 30 plus percent Matt Towery. Now, 50 million people already voted. They're voting without that information, which would mean the greatest economic recovery in the in the history of this country, uh, which, by the way, Biden and Obama couldn't do in eight years. Remember, they had, you know, eight million more Americans in, in poverty, 13 million more Americans, food stamps, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. And Donald Trump shattered every record low unemployment number for every demographic and every minority group in the country. You're absolutely right. And that gets me to a point that I've been making month after month after month. Donald Trump is not running against Joe Biden. He is running against the American media, the media establishment. I happened to watch ABC Nightly News the other night. It, this is with all of this stuff with Hunter Biden, which was just discussed by John. All of the other issues that are out there. Do you know what led? It was coronavirus is now out of control. Hospitals are, are overwhelmed. People shouldn't go out of their house. It's drama after drama, and anything the president achieves will never 
be covered. We're in a complete blackout between Twitter, Facebook, the networks, and the major newspapers, national newspapers. So if the economy ends up being magnificent, which it is, he has made the greatest comeback a person could possibly be expected to make, uh, given these circumstances. But when that happens, let's see how it's reported by the media. Let's see what they say. You won't hear a word about it. So what does It's so corrupt, just like big tech companies are corrupt. All right, let's go through these numbers. Uh, This is from Trafalgar, and it's, all right, Wisconsin, Biden up by one. Michigan, Trump up by one. Florida, Trump up by by two and a half. In Pennsylvania, Trump up by two. I'm sorry, Biden up by two. Arizona, they have Trump up by four. Ohio, Trump up by four. North Carolina, Trump up by two. Minnesota is fascinating to me. Uh, 46-46. Georgia, Trump up by six. Uh, I mean, pretty amazing numbers at at the end of the day. Uh, How do you interpret any of this, John McLaughlin? Well, as for those of us who went through the 2016 campaign with President Trump, it's deja vu all over again, except it's closer. It's even closer now because those numbers that you're talking about, this is exactly what we've been talking about for weeks. If you go on the Real Clear Politics website, which granted Trafalgar is moving in the averages our way, when you look at the battleground states, there's 197 toss-up electoral votes. And Donald Trump already is banking over 120 electoral votes. So the 197 toss-ups is just like back in 2016 when we had 171 electoral vote toss-ups and we ran the table to win. In the last couple of weeks, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was right before Election Day. And you talked about Rasmussen reports having a 52% job approval for the president uh, yesterday. Well, George W. Bush, the day he got reelected, 51%. Obama, after Hurricane Sandy, the day he was reelected, 51%. This president's on his way to getting reelected. And, and the national polls, you mentioned Rasmussen reports, Florida, they have him up three today. 49 to 46, President Trump's ahead. So, and there's one there's one pollster out, painter, I don't know them, but they put out a poll saying that Trump is ahead in Wisconsin, and Michigan, pardon me, Michigan, 49-45. So Joe Biden, it's come, it's like... By the way, like, did you know that got, John James, somebody, I don't mean to interrupt you, but John James has go gotten the endorsement of the Detroit News. John James is leading in that race for the Senate in Michigan. Yes, and they're worried about the Senate. The Democrats are worried about the Senate seat in Minnesota, too. So Donald Trump, besides beating Joe Biden, may have some Senate coattails here because if he wins, they will hold the Senate. And, and, and you know, all that Joe Biden could say is he kept on saying last night, come on, man. And at some point when he would say, come on, it's like, oh, he's going to say another lie. Like he's going to lie about fracking. He's going to lie about Hunter, Hunter Biden and his business deals. And, uh, By the way, we have a little, we run. have a little montage just in your honor, John. Listen, don't worry, it's all gonna be over soon. Come on, learning to live with it. Come on, not that many of you are gonna die, so don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Come on, I know how to game the system. Come on, come on, folks. And we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on, is lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. Let him go bankrupt. Come on. I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. I mean, and we could get to my favorite, which is, wait, come on. Okay, you on crack, man? Hey, you come on. What are you on? <laughs> you know, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it must. 
It's a glitch in the teleprompter. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what are people taking away, though, from this debate? You know, you know, you listen, you could tell the media was that they that Trump won last night because they were like very, very um, serious in their concern that Donald Trump put in a, a, a very different debate performance than the first debate. What did the president do the last night that helped his cause, Matt Towery? Well, he was very focused. I mean, he was extremely focused. Donald Trump didn't say a word that he didn't think about before he uttered it. He made sure that his style was right. He pushed the Biden issue, but he didn't push it too far. and He didn't make it personal against Hunter which is very important. He was able to pick up, and a good debater does this. You have to, you have to pick up these drop points or points where there's a mistake, and you've got to point them out. When he said, oh, tell that to the voters in Pennsylvania, tell that to the voters in other states, that's a brilliant debating tactic that really is far advanced for presidential candidates. And he did it beautifully last night. I couldn't now, believe Biden still. just outright lied about it. I mean, he had multiple lies uh, that I've been I've been pointing out over and over again, lying about, for example, what he said about the president's travel ban. I mean, there are a lot of them. All right. Stay right there. Our pollsters, Matt Towery and John McLaughlin. Wrapping things up, our pollsters are with us. John McLaughlin, Matt Towery. All right. 11 days. Here we go. Uh, how does this all end, Matt? At Towery. I think it ends with a Trump victory. I really do. I, I, I'm feeling increasingly confident that the president will pull this off because I'm seeing these various groups move. One final note. I think Donald Trump will get 15% or more of the African-American vote, and I think he's going to outperform the Hispanic vote uh, from the polls, and I think that's going to make the margin of difference in some of these states uh, like Florida, North Carolina, and Georgia. Your final thought, uh, John McLaughlin. I think Matt's exactly right with that, but as you always say, it's the fourth quarter. You got to run like you're behind, and you got to. We've got a lot of votes to get out between now and November third, so we got to make sure those votes are fired up, they're energized, and they get out. And the ones that are still undecided or they're a weak Biden voter, we need to hit the corruption issue every day. And by the way, that's an issue because of you, Sean, your conservative talk radio, your programs, your TV programs, the internet, people on the internet that are getting the story out, regardless of what big media and big tech are doing to censor us. So we've got to do the hit that every day to inform people, and we've got to drive the economic contrast that they will be better off in the next four years with Donald Trump as president than Joe Biden. All right. Thank you, John McLaughlin. Thank you, Matt Towery. When we come back, i got a lot more ground to cover. We'll check in with Congressman Gozer, Louie Gohmert, Andy Biggs. Uh, now the FBI is rushing to interview the smoking gun Biden gate witness. Uh, we'll update you on that. And uh, also at the Leo Terrell out on the road with the president. Hannity tonight at 9, set your DVR. Quick break, right back, we'll continue. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza with just 11 days, and you are the ultimate jury. So we've been fact-checking the debate from last night. Probably the biggest blunder of all time is (laughs) that... uh, uh, He's going to destroy the oil and gas industry. And I never said I was against fracking, which we've been pointing out is just an absolute lie. He said it and he said it repeatedly. You talk about an election year conversion, you know, but but, we're talking about millions of jobs now in the energy sector that are high paying career jobs. That's his climate change radicalism and agenda. Guaranteed to end all fossil fuels. Joe Biden. 
uh, amnesty for 11 or probably closer to 15 million people. Uh, yes, Joe did advocate, as we pointed out earlier today, cutting Social Security. And, and he's running ads just lying about Social Security, pre-existing conditions, and so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to replace Obamacare with Biden Care. How did Obamacare work out? Uh, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and, of course, the scandal of how the entire family enriched themselves uh, while Joe Biden was the vice president. Russian oligarchs, Kazakhstan oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, uh, Chinese nationals, Russian nationals, uh, Ukrainian nationals, Kazakh nationals, they're making a fortune. It's just not true. I didn't make a penny. Oh, okay. Uh, Hunter will keep in holding 10% for the big guy. Wonder what that meant. Anyway, we do have a co-signed letter to Attorney General Barr asking for questions about Biden's activities with zero experience. Hunter, Congressman Andy Biggs, uh, head of the Freedom Caucus, 10 members of the Congress, sent the letter to the Attorney General Bill Barr requesting the DOJ immediately appoint an independent, unbiased special counsel to investigate recent issues that have been raised about uh, Joe Biden and his involvement with his son's business dealings. And let me just ask oh, some questions about all of this broadly. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Anyway, joining us now, we have Congressman Paul Gozer is with us. Also, Louis Gohmert and Andy Biggs are with us. Andy, I'll start with you today. I mean, okay, the letter's necessary, but we're only 11 days out of a campaign. But there are certain facts now that we know. We knew this during impeachment. We know that Joe leveraged the billion taxpayer dollars. He got six hours, fire a prosecutor, investigating my zero experience son being paid millions, or uh, you're not getting the money. And then it's $3.5 million from the Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow, uh, then it's the Kazakhstan uh, oligarch and, and wire transfers that are on the record. And then, of course, it's all things China with a, a billion and a half dollars uh, 10 days after Hunter travels with then Vice President Joe Biden to China. So uh, I would think all of it represents pay to play and a compromised candidate. Yeah, that's right, Sean. And that's that's part of the issue here. You've got a you've got a guy that looks like he's been. Um, extorting or paying for play, in other words, just simple corruption for a long period of time. And the reason we're asking for the special counsel is is this meets the, the regulations for a special counsel. But if the president wins, and because this is going to be mounting up uh, through the rest of the election and then beyond, if the president wins, they're going to say this is all punitive, uh, retributive against uh, Joe Biden by the president. And if Joe Biden was there, it's just going to get dropped. But if you get a special counsel appointed immediately, then we can persist in a non-biased way, non-partisan way, regardless of the outcome of the elections, because this has got to be made known, because we can't have this kind of corruption in the United States. What about how big will this issue uh, yesterday of Mr. Bobolinsky coming out and coming public? He wants to clear his name. People seem to forget uh, that that Bevan Cooney, a Hunter Biden 
uh, partner is in jail, a convict. Uh, Devin Archer's just been convicted. He's awaiting sentencing. Bob Alinsky has these three phones with all these text messages now that, that he's been able to confirm or true uh, that show that he was recruited for a project and explaining that uh, Joe Biden himself was up to his eyeballs in all of it, uh, uh, Louie. Well, in, in addition to what uh, Andy has said, one of the biggest reasons I feel like we've got to have this special prosecutor, especially with the things you've outlined, Sean, is we can't trust the leadership of the FBI. You know, Christopher Ray was put in there to clean up the FBI, and it sure looks like he took that as a sign he was supposed to sweep everything under the rug. There is too much evidence now. This needs a special prosecutor with his own hand-picked uh, uh, investigators, whether FBI or from elsewhere, to go after this stuff. This this is incredible. And, you know, you've talked about it this week, but I, it's given a new light to me, at least to uh, Hunter. You know, I was thinking he was such a, a big, bad criminal in all this, but you look at his text to his daughter that, you know, at least, you know, to his daughter, he says, at least you don't have to pay the big guy, you know, 50 percent of what you make. You know, did Biden shove Hunter into all these uh, positions that that got him paid so he could funnel the money? And the biggest question remaining unasked last night, and naturally the moderator didn't ask it, is you say you weren't paid by the foreign countries. Did they pay your family and your family have to pay you? I mean, all all great questions, but the reality is, if you're the son of the vice president and you don't have any experience in oil, gas, energy, you don't have any experience in Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Russia, or China, and you're getting all of these lucrative deals, uh, one must ask, well, why are they paying you millions of dollars? Why are you getting a billion five deal with the Bank of China uh, rather than, say, Deutsche Bank or Goldman Sachs or, or J.P. Morgan or whatever the group happens to be, uh, Paul Gozer. And the reality is they're buying access. To what extent does that compromise any candidate for any office? It compromises them all, all across the board, Sean. And, and it's willful because when you start looking at uh, particularly the China, the Aviation Industry Corporation of China, and the involvement um, with Pacifius uh, in regards to the Henninges uh, transaction, this was a dual uh, 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 company that was sold to China, and it didn't, and it went through Cepheus. I need to remind you that was the same thing that happened with Uranium One, and this was an anti-vibration technology. So there was a willful uh, negotiation through the process uh, to avoid Cepheus's disclusion, and that's why uh, Senator Grassley is looking at this. This is willfully uh, done. Uh, this is not haphazard. We have something going on in this country, and that is we have massive amounts of money, incalculable amounts of money, going directly to elect Joe Biden. And it's coming from big tech companies, social media companies and the media mob itself. When Bob Alinsky holds this press conference yesterday, no major news outlet except for the Fox News Channel actually covered the press conference there there has been as we now know 
uh, even NPR and and most other news organizations have just made the editorial decision that they're going to help Joe Biden get elected any way they can. And what is there, if anything, Andy Biggs, Congress can do, considering that would be any by any estimation an in-kind donation of of amounts of money that I can't even begin to fathom. Yeah, Sean, that's right. I mean, and it's in my opinion, it is an in-kind donation. It's an FEC violation because they're they're not reporting that as an in-kind donation. Um, they're not being uh, they're not providing equal access. They're actually suppressing information. So what Congress needs to be doing is is we, we need to be investigating that. We need to see if there's loopholes that that they're using to 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 engage in this but but moreover Sean as we as we see this Bobolinsky himself he's basically indicated that there were multiple deals and you've mentioned when you said China Ukraine etc and Russia you're talking about multiple deals with multiple partners and he has multiple partners in in prison and, and that are sitting there and uh, when all of this comes out both the FEC stuff that's going on with the with this press that's so bad, and all of these um, additional business entities that Hunter Biden and the Biden syndicate was working through, I think we're going to find that this was a, a totally corrupt situation, and that's that's why it needs to be investigated both both sides, the high tech sides and the and the, and the and the publication side, because they are suppressing this to defeat uh, President Trump. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Congressman Gozer, Congressman Gomert, and Congressman Biggs on the other. Other side, uh, we'll talk about the president and polling numbers that show a, a dramatic increase in support from African Americans and Hispanic Americans from 2016. That's all straight ahead. And your calls 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, set your DVR Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. And as we continue with Congressman Paul Gozer, Congressman Louis Gomert, and Congressman Andy Biggs. Especially things like Facebook and Twitter, Louis Gohmert, it, I mean, they get Section 230 protections against liability uh, because they're supposed to just be uh, sites that provide a, a venue for people to put content up. But once they begin to edit one point of view over another point of view, shouldn't those protections at a minimum be taken away? They absolutely should. In one of our judiciary hearings, uh, one of the IT giants said, look, we just want to be treated like your friends at, at Fox News. And I go, exactly. And Fox News can be sued, and you can't, and we need you to have liability lifted so people can go after you. But Fox uh, well, Sean, you put your finger on exactly why the media feels comfortable not asking the tough questions that you do, and and that is because they know that people will go straight to the Internet if they have a question, really, did that happen? And they'll look it up, Google, Twitter, Facebook, and they won't find it. Their algorithms will keep it hidden, and these reporters know that. They know that the IT monopolies have their back. Those monopolies have got to be busted up. Yeah, I would tend to agree, Paul Gozer. I mean, does that happen next? I mean, and how quickly can that be done? And where do you see the congressional races running and the Senate races running in this election year? Well, uh, going to your first part of that question, Sean, what I look at in the censorship aspect is that you've got to get rid of the Section 230. 
Because if you use uh, antitrust, all you're doing is you're taking the five big sharks and taking them and moving them down to a school of piranha. You're going to get eaten either way, um, but it's just size of the bite. So um, you've got to get rid of that Section 230, which I've got a bill that uh, Senator Cruz and Loeffler and Matt Gates and others have actually looked at. In fact, the Attorney General has actually outlined it and basically discloses what is legal language, illegal language, and then put us the burden of, of the proof on to the, it, to the uh, 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 platforms. So there's, a, there's something out there, and we can get it done. It won't be done before the, the election. But the administration has done what they can, and that is is, is the antitrust uh, application, uh, because uh, that is one way they can put them on notice. However, when you start looking at what ABC John Dickerson said, I mean, he said, bluntly, uh, they, they, they got an ally and they got his back, and that's horrible. When you look at elections across the country in the state of Arizona, you can't help you know, on Monday, I got a huge sunburn because I was with the president for five hours in the sunshine of Arizona. There were tens and tens of thousands of people from rural Arizona pouring in to see the president. You don't see that anywhere uh, around the Biden aspect. Well, we need we need Arizona. Some of the polls have been close out there. We can't lose Arizona for sure. Uh, Congressman Gozer, thank you. Congressman Louis Gomer, thank you. Congressman Biggs, thank you. 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. At the Leo Terrell is going to join us next. We'll continue. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Well, I I think, you know, to, 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 to even answer your question more deeply, I think, you know, when it comes to those black people, you say you see who may be, you know, showing support for Trump. I just think, you know, it's because Trump is actually talking to young black male voters. He's directing ads towards them. They are a group that, you know, never get courted. I mean, black people don't get courted either as a whole, but that old democratic regime speaks to old black men and they think everyone else in the black community, the black family is just supposed to fall in line. They know black women are, are going to show up regardless. And, you know, they, like I said, they speak to older black men and they think the rest of us all speak the same language. So Trump is targeting young black males and promo and marketing. It works. So this phenomenon now, by the way, glad you're with us. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Uh, Even Nate Silver's ever loved by the liberal media mob. uh, His website is pointing out that among younger African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans, Donald Trump is picking up dramatic support uh, among this demographic, these demographics. And we're talking about two, three, four times even the support that he had in 2016, which, if it translates into votes in the election, would mean that, in fact, uh, Donald Trump is going to win the election. I mean, that would that would be a massive uh, voting block in terms of demographics transfer. Uh, The president highlighting his platinum plan last night. highlighting opportunity zones last night, criminal justice reform last night, police reform last night, uh, highlighting record low unemployment for every demographic group in the country. And then reminding Joe, why didn't you get it done, Joe? Why didn't you do it, Joe? And then reminding Joe Biden of his comments about predators, his support of the crime bill. Joe had to backpedal and say, yeah, it was wrong. Uh, And uh, it was. uh, The president could have hit him with the fact that he praised the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd, his friend, his mentor, 
and then partnered with his friend and mentor, the the former Ku Klux Klansman, uh, to stop the integration of schools because he didn't want his kids going to schools that he described as racial jungles. Uh, joining us now at the Leo Terrell, uh, civil rights attorney, radio talk show host, now full-time on the campaign for all things Donald Trump. Gianno Caldwell is with us, now part of Gingrich 360 and his network, and he's got a new podcast called Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Leo, what state are you in today? You've been out campaigning all week for the president. Tell us how it's going out there. Well, I'll tell you, first of all, Sean, it was great. The the, uh, Trump campaign in Ohio, Michigan, Atlanta, North Carolina, I'm telling you, everything you just said to the listeners and what I said to you when I was a Hannity reporter on Wednesday, black male voters are shifting to Trump because the old playbook, the 1960 playbook that Democrats are using, talking about the civil rights movement, all due respect to John Lewis, that playbook is outdated. You have Barack Obama in Philadelphia giving a speech. You know why? Because black men are leaving the Democratic Party. The platinum plan is an economic incentive. You have Ice Cube saying he doesn't want to be 20 cents. Excuse me, 50 cents say he doesn't want to be 20 cents. He doesn't want to be 20 cents. He wants to be 50 cents. He wants to be 50 cents. And my point is simply this, Sean, and I've been out there, and I'm seeing the, the, the Media, the, the left-wing media plays the race card. Man, there is harmony in Ohio and Michigan. People of all colors and the enthusiasm on the road. Sean, it's unbelievable. They love Donald Trump. Well, let me they ask you. So you go, you're, you're, are you doing these events by yourself? Are you doing them with other people? Tell us what, you know, tell us what states you've been to and what events you've been doing. Okay, let me just simply say, and I want to honestly thank you for the tremendous exposure. I have been in Lansing, Michigan. I have been in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I've been in Columbus, Ohio. I've been in Raleigh, North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is I'm usually headlining the program. There's other speakers, but I'm talking about the energy. Of that course you're the headline. You're at the Leo Terrell. Why would you not be the headliner? <laughs> well, I'm just, I, don't want, I don't want to sound bragging, but it sounds like they know. That, first of all, they all know Sean Hannity. They know the Hannity show. They are diehard Trump supporters. They are diehard Hannity viewers. And I'm telling you, Sean, this is the part that's humbling. When I walk into every location, they give me a standing ovation. It's unbelievable. And, and the Trump people want to send me back to Ohio. But I'm telling you, I don't need to be in Ohio. I need to be in those Democratic strongholds like Philadelphia because the Democrats are worried, Sean. Black men are going to ship over to Trump. And you asked me this on Wednesday. He's going to get anywhere between 15 to 20 percent. And you're right. It is game. If he gets 15 to 20 percent of the African-American vote, it is it is game, set, match. It's over. Uh, yeah, right. All right, Gianno, let's get your take on this. Uh, again, will these numbers of support among African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans translate into votes for Donald Trump based on his record of four years and then based on the the record of, uh, well, the ever bizarre Joe Biden? Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. And thank you for mentioning my new podcast out loud with Gianno Caldwell. And it's great to be a colleague with you at Fox News. Let's look at history. 2016. Donald Trump got 8% of the African-American vote, about 12% of black men. Those numbers have trended up. Now, when Leo says that they're coming over, I would argue that they've already come over. If you looked at the debate last night, you saw Donald Trump make a very direct pitch to African-American men. 
and Hispanic men. Why? Because they've been taken for granted by the Democratic Party. And if I were to even push that further, they've also been taken for granted by the Republican Party. I've been a conservative for over 10 years. I even wrote a book called Taking for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Donald Trump has done something no other president has done, whether they be Democrat or Republican. He has created policies that would legitimately transform the African-American community. And what black folks have noticed, even though they may not they may not say it, because I got a, a piece coming out next week called The Hidden Trump Vote, where I argue that black men and Hispanic men are part of that hidden Trump vote. They're for the policies. They want the policies. They never get courted like this. But you can't go out and say, hey, I'm going to support Donald Trump, because the PC mob will stop you. I got a podcast coming out with P. Hetseth on Monday where we talk about this exact same thing, how the PC mob is out to get every African-American and Hispanic American that's supportive of this president. They will try to cancel you. They will do whatever they can to eliminate your voice because they don't want to see this narrative change where Republicans start ushering in a tremendous amount of support um, among this demographic. And trust me, if he's successful, which I believe President Trump will be, this will be the changing of the Republican Party for the better. Now, for uh, the one thing that the president did extremely effectively, uh, Leo, last night is uh, you were just you were vice president four years ago. Why didn't you do it then? You've been there 47 years. Why didn't you do it then? You were vice president eight years. Why didn't you do it then? All talk, all talk, all talk. No action, no action, no action. Typical politician. And I, I, I thought that was extremely effective uh, as the president went back to it numerous times during the debate last night. Oh, you're 100 percent correct. You know, you know, the great thing about Donald Trump is he's a great. He, the analogy is a boxer. He could shadow box. He could be on his feet. He went into a different format, and he challenged Joe Biden to explain his record to justify why blacks should vote for, for the Democrats. And Joe Biden doesn't have a record. All the things you mentioned, the 47 years, what is he going to do in these four years if he gets elected that he didn't have the opportunity in 47 years? Trump was pounding Joe Biden in the stomach over and over again. And one other point, which I, I slightly disagree with my colleague, blacks are speaking out. Sean, I have no problem speaking out supporting Donald Trump. Ice Cube and 50 Cent. Yeah, but to- hang on a second. But Leo, you know this from our mutual friend, Larry Elder, uh, or and, and so many of my friends that are African-American and conservative. Uh, Deneen Borelli wrote about it in her book, uh, Blacklash. You know, Google my name. See the horrible names. If you are African-American and you are conservative, you have been a target of the, of the most vile, vicious, hateful names in, in this day and age, supposedly not to be acceptable. And there's been this societal pressure to just say, no, you can't you can't say you're conservative. Let me respond to that, please, please. I do not dispute that's the attitude of what I consider African-Americans in urban cities. Sean, you asked me what I've been the last couple of weeks. I mean, last couple of days, Ohio and Michigan. I see diehard, rabid, out-in-the-open black Republican supporters in Ohio, in Michigan, in North Carolina. I videotaped it on Twitter. So I agree with that. There are people in these urban cities who are being harassed because of their support for Trump. But in the Midwest, they are proud to be black. Trump supporters. I saw it with my own eyes, and it was shocking. Let me give you a, a, a number, Gianno, that I found just stood out for me. 
Uh, and this is from Rasmussen. African-American voters who t- tuned in to last night's debate were very impressed with Donald Trump. And what they found out in this survey is that Trump's approval jumped nine points from Thursday to Friday today, going from 37 percent to 46 percent this morning following this presidential debate. Now, the president also experienced a 24 percent bump in approval among likely black voters since Monday. So there seems to be I mean, I I don't think you can ignore these numbers because it's not just Rasmussen. It's poll after poll after poll. Uh, Zogby's been picking it up. Matt Towery's been picking it up. John McLaughlin's been picking it up. Rasmussen's been picking it up. These are not outliers. They're all saying the same thing. And I'm not surprised by that, Sean. And I'll tell you, I grew up extremely poor. Lights, gas and water off at the same time. Mom addicted to crack cocaine right on the south side of Chicago. I talk to these folks that are still in these marginalized communities. And sometimes they say, wow, I watch you on Fox. Whenever they watch, they usually see the clips on my social media, on my Twitter, Instagram. By the way, follow me on uh, social media at Gianno Caldwell for who's listening. But folks are really legitimately interested in the policies in which Donald Trump has implemented on behalf of this community. And I'll tell you another thing. Folks aren't going to forget. Joe Biden said, you ain't black if you don't if you don't vote for me. People haven't forgotten about that. People have not forgotten about the 94 crime bill. People have not forgotten about Kamala Harris prosecutorial record. People understand what's going on. And they also see that social media and the mainstream media are looking to tip the scales on behalf of Joe Biden. We know who their favorite candidate is. We know who they want to win. But the thing is, we're not stupid. Whether you be black, Hispanic or white American or hardworking American, anywhere. We understand what's going on and we know who's more beneficial for us. And that is not Joe Biden. It's Donald Trump. The number one issue, poll after poll, is going to be jobs in the economy. Who can get us back to that, that, those former good days just over a year ago? Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. Joe Biden says, I want to raise your taxes. And he says, oh, only if you make over 400000 But wait, I want to take back the Trump tax cuts, which means everybody gets a tax cut. I mean, tax hike. We're not stupid. Joe Biden thinks that we are, but we see beyond the BS and people are going to vote. Let, let me let me say this. In inner cities in America, we have high populations of African-Americans and and minorities uh, in America. Most a lot of these cities have been run by by Democratic governors for decades. And a lot of these states have been run by Democratic governors for decades. How do, if they can't keep every citizen in their state and city safe and secure and restore law and order. For example, 4,000 shot and killed, 4,000 homicides in Chicago, the eight years that Biden, Obama are our president and vice president. 20,000 shot. How, how are they doing on that? I grade them all an F. How are they doing yeah. on the next most important duty or, or promise or what should be their best pledge? And that is giving, giving every child a quality education they deserve. Uh, well, all those blue states, all those blue cities, excuse me, they're, they're destroying, they've destroyed the educational system because of their unholy alliance with uh, teachers' unions. So I don't, I, I just, you know, I, 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 go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you, Sean, and again, that's one of the issues that I raised when I was in those uh, battleground states. I'm telling you, school choice cuts across every, it's not a, a black or white issue, that's an American issue. Every person in this country wants a great education 
for their sons or daughters. And I'm telling you right now, that is going to be something that is going to take the black uh, the black Democrats and ship them over to the Republicans because I guarantee you. Well, you we need that vote in eleven days, Leo. All right, but stay right there. It, we're getting we're getting it. I'm telling you, I've been on the on the ground. I've been in those battlegrounds. All right, uh, Leo Terrell, Gianno Caldwell, eight hundred nine four one. Sean is on number. All right, final moments. Leo Terrell, Gianno Cl- uh, Caldwell with us. All right, we got twenty seconds each. Predictions, Leo. How does this uh, election pan out in eleven days? Oh, no question. I'll take 10 seconds. Donald Trump is going to get a second full term. Donald Trump is going to fracture the Democratic Party. Blacks are going to give Donald Trump the election in the key battleground state. Done. The, the first time Leo Terrell in his adult life has ever voted for a Republican. <laughs> I've, wow. I've already uh, voted G- for him. I've already voted for him. I've already Gianno, done Gianno, how did it go? How does this turn out? Listen, I talk about it on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell, the new podcast. I think Donald Trump is ultimately going to win, but I do believe there's going to be a number of court challenges because what we saw with mail-in voting isn't right, and it should rightfully go to the courts on a number of these issues, but Donald Trump will win. All right, thank you both. When we come back on this Friday, wide open telephones, 11 days, you're the ultimate jury. Hannity uh, back, normal time tonight, 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Fox News, quick break, right back. We'll continue straight ahead. A lot of lying in that debate last night and a lot of hiding all week. Uh, the ever needing of sleep and nappy poos, uh, Joe Biden, uh, 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. We'll go to uh, the calls here. We got uh, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Hannity, we got a great show, 9 Eastern. Please set your DVR. Joanne is in Pennsylvania. Boy, do we need Pennsylvania in 11 days, Joanne. How are you? I'm good, Sean. Thanks so much for taking my call. And um, if signs in people's yards are any indication, it's going to be Trump first, then garage sales, and then Joe Biden. So, What part of Pennsylvania are you in, uh, Joanne? Uh, Central Pennsylvania, a little town called Beaver Springs. Oh, nice. I know the area. Really nice there. Okay. Yes, it's gorgeous. God's country. <laughs> God's country. Amen. So, uh, so what's on your mind? <laughs> I just wanted to tell you two things really quick. Um, I wanted to let you know that my husband and I were, were very conservative. Um, but we were never Trumpers in uh, 2016 because we thought that Trump would hijack the conservative movement and that he would govern liberally, and we couldn't have been more wrong. He's been a phenomenal president, and we're so excited to vote for him the first time. And the second uh, thing I wanted to tell you is that um, my husband just talked to a 70-year-old man yesterday. He's in a, well in his 70s, and he's never voted in his entire life, and he's voting for the first time for Donald Trump. You know, it's fascinating. Uh, Ronald McDaniel, who runs the RNC, has been tweeting out at these massive Trump rallies that there are 25 percent on average of people that never voted for him in 2016. I find that fascinating. Uh, Listen, uh, Joanne, I was beaten up so bad by my fellow conservatives in 2016 when I said, nope, I'm telling you, I know Donald Trump and I've known him for over a quarter of a century. He's going to govern conservatively. And and by the way, he was a New York builder and construction guy. And the way New York works is you have to donate to everybody. That's just the way it works. Or else you don't you yeah. don't get your building permits ever. It's really a corrupt system and it's getting more corrupt yeah. by the day. And he said, I played the game and I donated it. Yeah, I did. Well, when did you become pro-life? Then he gave the story about when he changed his views on abortion. And knowing him as well as I knew him, I knew he meant what he was what he was saying. And he accomplished, you know, go down the checklist of what he was promising and he got it done. So I but I got beat up pretty bad, Joanne, by a lot of people that are now uh, for Donald Trump. 
because it's my job to tell people the truth. And I knew that he would do that. I knew that, that I these it. were not words. Yes. Well, um, I, I, we changed our mind. My husband and I both changed our mind. Like Trump has been the most pro-life president. Um, he's, he moved to uh, U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. He withdrew from the Iran deal appointed Neil Gorsuch Kavanaugh on ACB, and we could not be more proud of him. And we are totally fine with saying that we were proved wrong, and we are gladly voting for him. Joanne, this vote matters. Pennsylvania is critical. I mean, if I had to pick the most critical state, and there are many of them, I'd say the president winning Pennsylvania could be the whole, it could all come down to Pennsylvania. That's what I believe. Thank you, Joanne. All the best. Let me play some more of the highlights. People have been saying they want more highlights uh, from last night. Then we get right back to the phones. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know. He's obviously made a lot of money someplace. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. But you haven't ruled out more shutdowns. Oh, well, no, I, I'm not shutting down the name, but there are. Look, who built the cages? Let's, Joe? let's talk about what who we're built the cages. About. Let's Joe. talk. About, and what about fracking? All right, now, let me now let me, have, let me allow fracking. Vice President I Biden to respond. I never said I oppose fracking. Most, would you close down the oil? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry. Yes. Oh, I will that's transition. a big statement. That, it is a big statement. A typical political statement. Let's get off this China thing. And then he looks, the family, around the table, everything. Just right. a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk I'm about not North a typical Korea. politician. Okay, that's President why I got elected. All right, from last night's debate, Steve is also in Pennsylvania like our previous caller, Joanne. Steve, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Mr. Hannity, it is a total honor and privilege to speak with you, sir. How are you? The honor is all mine, sir. This microphone is an honor. Uh, I'm good. 11 days. We need your state desperately. How are you? Oh, don't worry. I, I Honestly, I think that the polls in Pennsylvania are not right because nobody called me. And yeah. when they, I've never when been they called, called either. Me. I want to po- be polled at least once. I've never been polled. I'll tell you, they, they called me once and asked me about you know where I stood uh, politically, and I told them that I was a registered Republican, and... That was the last I ever heard from him. That was many years ago. So, um, but anyway, I, I would like to know why you weren't a moderator. That's one of the things I would like. I would really like to know. I think you should have been a moderator at, at the presidential debates. Well, um, I, I'll take it as a compliment, but I can tell you, hell would freeze over before that ever happened. Um, <laughs> you know, I, everyone's been singing the praises of of what's her name, Kristen Wexler, Wel- Welker last night. I don't I never knew I never had heard of her before, to be honest. And I just started reading about a family and pictures with Obama. And I'm like, here we go again. She interrupted Trump almost 30 times. She only interrupted mm-hmm. Biden only twice. And everyone's pray. I'm like, um, OK, uh, it was a lot better than usual. But I felt there yeah. was way too much interruption. I you know what? I kept hearing uh, Trump's uh, mic cutting out. I thought it was something wrong with my Internet connection. But. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But um, yeah, no, anyway, it wasn't. Your, it wasn't your internet connection, no. <laughs> but um, I, I noticed that, that while Biden was speaking, he's saying everything that the Trump uh, campaign is already doing. They're already doing, it, and he's saying he's going to do it. So it, it was just, bizarre I, at times. I mean, everything he's saying on coronavirus. I'm like, have you? Do you not have a television set in your basement bunker? Probably you, not. I, I, I was just going to say that too. <laughs> I'm like, you know, what do you? T- and by the way, we are on the verge of the vaccine. It's just a fact. 
Remember, Absolutely. final stage human trial started in late July. We're now weeks yep. away, and they're going to announce they got the vaccine. Because otherwise, if, if for example, in final stage trials, if people were dying, they're not. If they weren't mm-hmm. creating antibodies, they are. Uh, or if yep. there were major complications with the vaccine, they would have they would have stopped the trial. The fact that they mm-hmm. didn't stop the trial means it is duplicating what we learned in phase two trials, which is antibodies are created. Nobody dies. Minor side effects. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what you want. Now, the therapeutics like Regeneron and, and some of the others, Eli Whitney, um, they're all real now. And also the president keeps saying the mobilization effort to get the uh, vaccine to anybody that needs it, obviously first responders, uh, older people uh, would be a top priority. It's going to happen extremely fast. So I I say spring, this coming spring, it's all over. Thank God. Operation Warp Speed. Nobody's been perfect, but we're getting through it. Yep, I think so, too. Um, I also wanted to ask you what you thought about early voting, Uh, because in Pennsylvania I'm hearing a lot of things about some fraud going on on the ballots. Like uh, there was a guy that I work with. He was telling me yesterday that um, one of his friends went in to go to go vote, and there was some kind of an like a like a scribble or something on the top of their on, on their ballot, like like a check mark, like because they found out he was a Republican or something, and they put a check mark on it. I, I, it it, it lends itself this. to massive fraud, and it worries me greatly. There's my answer. So I, so I okay. So I was gonna. I, I wanted to find out from you because I was thinking of going and voting early on Saturdays. But if if you think it's 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 a problem, then I'm just gonna wait till election day. I think if you vote in person, you're good. I think in person okay. voting is better. Uh, you know, okay. it's funny because when we would have a normal election year, and I would go to the Democratic National Convention, I'd need a I'd need a photo ID to get in the building. And even when I pull up and my you know my bag is checked or whatever I'm carrying is checked and I'm wanded. You know, they'd say, hi, Mr. Hannity. Okay, can you please put your arms out? Uh, Yep. Okay, turn around, please. Everybody gets checked. You need picture photo ID to get in. Amazing. All right. Good luck, Steve. We're counting on Pennsylvania. 11 days. Thank you. Let's go to Tim is in Indiana. Tim, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Uh, Thank you. Long time time listener, first time caller. And Mr. Hannity, thank you for being you and giving all of your supporters hope for our country. We got to win. This this country will be unrecognizable with their stated policies. It's a little frightening. Yes, actually, it is. Um, Well, I can't think of how or why Biden could win the presidency. But if he did somehow, I think if, if our Senate continues to hold the majority, I think we should go immediately to impeachment due to all the so-called evidence with the laptop from hell. And they, they didn't have anything on Trump for impeachment, but sounds like they do on Joe. I, I For the life of me, if you want to know one of the quintessential examples, and you raise a, a great point, uh, Tim, when you have Joe Biden on tape, you're not getting a billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire a Ukrainian prosecutor who it turns out was investigating his zero experience son being paid millions. It doesn't. You know, it it is everything the Democrats impeached Donald Trump over, except with real evidence. It's sad that that's how corrupt Democrats are and the media is. It really is sad. Um, All right, Tim, good call. Listen, all the best to our friends in Indiana, right in the heartland. Uh, Let's say hi to Jerry in New, New York. How are you doing? What's up, Jerry? How's it going? How you doing? 
Hey, good afternoon, Sean. It's uh, it's an honor and a privilege to speak with you. And uh, before I begin, I just want to thank you. I have no right to make fun of a New York accent, considering I'm from New York, but go ahead. Well, it is is a once great city, but I just want to let you know that I appreciate your passion for politics, your sense of humility, and how you can hold true to your principles, you know, debate very, very vigorously, but yet not uh, come to personal attacks. And I've been a fan of yours since uh, you had your program with the late uh, Alan Combs. And, wow, you know, you. your sense of graciousness um, has been uh, tremendous. So I do really appreciate that and appreciate the opportunity to finally speak with you. Well, thank um, you. You're very kind. Uh, What's on your mind today? Uh, I just wanted to say that I really think about the debate last night, that President Trump really comported himself uh, masterfully. He was very calm, composed, he was disciplined, he was laser-focused on the issues, and he remained on message. Everything that he needed to do. I mean, you and I being New Yorkers, we understand uh, President Trump, that New York attitude, that New York swagger, which doesn't necessarily play very well in uh, all areas of the country. We sort of understand that give and take. Um, but I think he was appropriately appealing to the probably four to six percent of the undecided voters, and he was sticking to the policy issues, which is going to matter over the personality issues. Because the personality issues, you're going to love President Trump, and yet he's had so much more enthusiasm than I've seen in any president in modern history. And I first, uh, first started voting uh, when I voted for um, uh, Ronald Reagan in, in uh, 1984. It was the first ballot I ever cast for president. But I see even more enthusiasm for our uh, for President Trump. Um, he he I think he was key that he locked uh, a former Vice President uh, Biden in on provable falsehoods, such as you know he was uh, against fracking, and then that he uh, doesn't like the uh, oil and uh, and the fossil fuels industry, and then uh, President Trump masterfully called out key battleground states uh, right into the camera. And those are going to be, I think, snippets that the presidential campaign would do very well to run in ads in these final days of the campaign. These contrast to show Biden is not a truthful individual. If they don't, it would be a a dumb political decision. They're going to be running those. Trust me. And people need to understand it is the lifeblood of this country's economy. It is everything. You're talking about millions of high-paying career jobs wiped away. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, Jerry, thank you so much for your kind words. Great analysis. I think you're dead-on accurate. And, yeah, some people don't like Trump's style. I happen to like people that are fighters. I'm a fighter. I like to fight. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, full fallout, fact-checking uh, the ever-lying Biden, the impact of his comments on eliminating fossil fuels and, and fracking. And as they try to have been cleaning this thing up all day, uh, oh, and by the way, Biden rushes back to his basement. But he had one short appearance in Delaware. Anyway, we'll check in with Carl Rove. Vice President Mike Pence joins us tonight. Peter Schweitzer and Ron Johnson. When we get back here on Monday, eight days until you're the ultimate jury. Have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. See you tonight back here on Monday.